I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a Sunday night in the beautiful state of Iowa, the home of champions, the Hawkeye State. Uh, and we're going to spend the next uh, several minutes talking about Tom Brady. Unre- no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Although, what a dick move by Tom Brady to, to release that on Selection Sunday, you know, before the women's bracket was even released. Uh, anyway, uh, we don't need to worry about that because we have a lot to celebrate here on Hawkeye Nation. Uh, if you haven't checked out all of the coverage from the Big Ten Tournament, the championship win over Purdue, do that at HawkeyeNation.com. Rob Howe, John Bonacamp, uh, a lot of coverage there. And we'll continue to have a lot of coverage as we move into a, a big week and hopefully a big couple of weeks, few weeks uh, for this Iowa basketball program. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's celebrate a Big Ten championship. This team came in to the Big Ten tournament hot, one of the hottest teams in the country, certainly the hottest team in the Big Ten, and just kept it rolling. Uh, set several tournament records uh, and and just rolled through. Got some uh, some monkeys off their back in a lot of different ways. Uh, did Fran McCaffrey and this Iowa Hawkeye team a seventy-five to sixty-six win over Purdue, a team that had swept Iowa during the regular season, a team that Iowa's had a lot of trouble with, just period, uh, for a long time now is Purdue and uh, the Hawkeyes with a nine-point win and just a fantastic game, just a great college basketball game uh, on Sunday afternoon. It was so much fun to watch, and, and honestly. It's obviously more fun when when your team wins, but uh, there were points where I thought Iowa wasn't going to win. There were points, there were points when the uh, the game was in jeopardy, and I still was having a great time watching. I was still enjoying it, uh, just because it was it was a high level basketball game. It was uh, an elite basketball game between two very good teams playing at a very high level, and that's what you want to be in. That that's that's what we are fans for. That's what uh, you hope your team is involved in in March is is these big games these big moments against really good teams and that's what Iowa had today and they they made it happen uh your Iowa Hawkeyes are the Big Ten champions uh for the first time in since what 2006 four games in four days and four wins for this Hawkeye team (coughs) excuse me and could not feel better for I mean, everybody, right? And, and all of the contributions and all of the guys who work so hard uh, to make this happen. And we'll certainly talk about a lot of those guys. But for Jordan Bohannon to have a moment like this, to have a tournament like this, to be on the all-tournament team, to have a shot like he hit uh, in the game winner against Indiana yesterday, and to have you know not a great game in the championship game, but, but certainly have an impact on that game. And again, be named to the all-tournament team and, and get that trophy. Uh, the pictures of him holding that trophy, getting on the plane, uh, hugging that trophy, the, the hugs after the game, the tears, all of it, uh, just so cool. This is why Jordan Bohannon came back for a sixth season, uh, despite all of the uh, kind of ridicule that, that he's faced uh, in the last year or so. 
despite uh, fully planning on moving on with his life. Uh, he was re-recruited by Fran McCaffrey. He thought that there's a chance this team could do something special, and now he has a trophy. He's got a Big Ten championship, and uh, that's that's just it's so cool for him. Uh, I'm so happy for him. Connor McCaffrey uh, is kind of in that same boat, you know, a kid who uh, has taken a lot of bullets and rightfully so at times, but has stayed the course, has been the toughest Hawkeye player in a long time, has been the smartest Hawkeye player for a long time, um, has kind of, you know, utilized his skill set in different ways throughout the years, uh, but has always find a, found a role on the team, regardless of what the team's makeup was, you know, essentially likely gave up a professional baseball career to play basketball for his dad at the University of Iowa and just what he has given to this team and to this program you know can't be put into words and that hug that Fran and Connor had on national TV right after the game right before the the post-game interviews um, it's just it got real dusty in here let's just put it that way I mean that that's what that's what this is all about uh Fran McCaffrey to Again, another guy who's just he's taken a lot of heat and and a lot of it rightfully so. He hasn't had a lot of success in the postseason uh, at Iowa. Uh, this was the first time they'd ever won multiple games in the Big Ten tournament under Fran McCaffrey. Uh, to get this team to this point, the coaching job that he did, um, the amount of respect and admiration that his players clearly have for him, um, it's. It's just I, I, so I listened back to my podcast last night and I said remarkable like 15 times. So I'm going to try to avoid that. But uh, it's it's incredible what Fran McCaffrey has done with this team and really with this program. Um, I mean, he's gotten this Iowa program back to a place that uh, we expect to get to the big or to the NCAA tournament every year. This will be seven of the last nine years, you know, not including the 2020 tournament that was canceled, but Iowa certainly would have been in the field. So seven of the last nine years, Iowa's an NCAA tournament team. I think in, in France, 12 years, only twice have they not been in postseason play. A couple of NIT uh, runs and, and a lot of NCAA tournament games. Now, hasn't gotten past that first weekend. And, you know, we will always remember that Oregon game a year ago when Iowa was a two seed, at least until... Uh, this team and this program and this coach are, are able to kind of move past that, uh, slay that dragon, if you will. And could this be the year? I mean, it, it could. We're going to get to that. Again, don't want to get too far off of this game right now because um, – Unfortunately, with the Big Ten and the way that they do this schedule, you don't get a lot of time to celebrate the Big Ten championship. Uh, but this is important. It does mean something. It is cool. It was fun. It was incredible to watch, incredible to uh, to, to experience um, this tournament as a Hawkeye fan. Go through some stats here quickly. Keegan Murray had 19 points to lead the way. Uh, he is the tournament's most uh, outstanding player, I think is how they say that. Obviously, on the all-tournament team as well. Uh, he is the all-time leading scorer in a single Big Ten tournament. Uh, he has, again, surpassed Luca Garza for the all-time single-season scoring list in Iowa history. He's nearing 800 points if he hasn't already hit that. Uh, there's only a handful of players who have ever done that. And, uh, and hopefully he has some more games to go here. Uh, enjoy Keegan Murray while, while we can. Um, he is <laughs> in his final days as an Iowa Hawkeye, I believe. Uh, but again, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, a couple of steals, a block. Uh, just a, a great game, a great tournament. Uh, from Keegan Murray, who has emerged as you know the nation's best player, certainly the Big Ten's best player. 
And, you know, a lot of people who know Iowa better than I do, you know, starting to kind of inch towards, is he the best Hawkeye of all time? Now, not the most accomplished, won't have the best career, anything like that, but is he the most talented player to ever put on an Iowa Hawkeye jersey? Again, I'll let people who know more than me um, debate that, but uh, it it's close, right? And I mean, he, he's what he has done this season is uh, is nothing short of incredible. Uh, Tony Perkins was the second leading scorer in the starting lineup, eleven points uh, for TP, four rebounds, four assists, a steal, and he just played great. And he played great all tournament. He has played great game uh, since he had that big game against Nebraska where he scored 20 points uh, he is he's played, he played great that, that brought something out in him offensively a level of confidence um, that it's just been he's but he's that guard that Iowa hasn't had a lot of in, in the past and he's not alone because we'll talk about Joe Toussaint Aaron Eulis didn't play a whole lot today. Uh, he should have fresh legs going into the NCAA tournament. But um, Tony Perkins, you know, we've talked about the, the guard play at Iowa and just um, unathletic guards who aren't able to get their own shot. Tony Perkins is the opposite of that. Joe Toussaint needs a little work offensively, but he is the opposite of that. And the, the energy that these guys bring uh, to the point guard position, to the guard positions, uh, especially defensively, uh, and what, what this team has done defensively, is uh, is is just it's a lot of fun. It's something Iowa hasn't had a lot of, and you know with uh, with recruiting guys like this and and the recruits that are coming in, it feels like I was going to have more of that. And we've again, it's been talked about ad nauseum that Iowa's lack of success in March has been a lot as you know has fallen at the feet of the athleticism of the guards. Um, that's not going to be the case anymore. Patrick McCaffrey had six points, uh, three rebounds. He had a, a good game. Jordan Bohan had seven points, just two of eight shooting, one three-pointer that he made. Uh, six points, I uh, said that. Philip Robracha, rather, had three points, two rebounds, and assists, a steal. Um, you know, just a tough, a tough game for Philip Robracha, who's in foul trouble for a lot of the game. Um, a tough matchup, I guess I should say, because you've got Edie... Uh, you know, well over seven feet. It's he. He has fourteen rebounds. It's uh, to to even to be able to win this game with him doing that. Much like yesterday against Indiana, you know, Trace Jackson Davis going off. Uh, I was w- early in the season. I wasn't able to overcome some of those things, and they found a way to do that. I mean, if we look at the uh, the team stats for this game, I was out rebounded forty eight to thirty. 17 to 10 offensive rebounds uh, was the advantage that Purdue had. Iowa being out rebounded by 18 was the death knell in December and January. They just beat a two seed in the NCAA tournament in essentially a road game, uh, being out rebounded by 18, and they won by nine. I mean, they, they ultimately won fairly. Uh, it's just incredible. Uh, Chris Murray had eight points. Um, a steal and assist, a couple of rebounds. He also had foul trouble, so it was kind of in and out. Never really got into a great rhythm. Peyton Sanford had a really good game, man. Four of four from the field, including two of two from three. Two big threes that pushed Iowa's lead to six. Back-to-back threes for Peyton Sanford. He had ten points and a steal. Um, a great game from that freshman. And you got to think, if if he can have uh, any of that success, that just is such a boost for Iowa's NCAA tournament hopes, you know, to have a guy coming off the bench who can hit a three like that. And he's just so confident. He's so confident as a freshman uh, to come in and play like that. A couple of guys who don't normally get minutes, and Josh Agundale and Riley Mulvey both played. Uh, 
Agudele had 10 minutes. He played quite a bit. He had four points. He played really well. He had a steal. Um, he did have one foul. He'd be missed a free throw on an and one, but was two of three from the field and, and you know, get, was gassed pretty quickly, but played well. And, and they needed him to come in and do that. I honestly haven't looked ahead enough at either of Iowa's potential matchups or any of Iowa's potential matchups uh, next weekend in the NCAA tournament to know if they have a big guy like like Edie or you know like a, a Kofi Coburn. I'm sure you know not to that skill level, but guys at that level. And if so, it's nice to know that Agundale uh, and maybe even Riley Mulvey can come in and, and provide some minutes. Um, you know, Fran McCaffrey was just kind of throwing the whole bench at at Purdue at one point, and it really worked. Joe Toussaint, who I talked about, had four points. Four Four steals for Joe Toussaint. I mean, his energy level, uh, I saw somebody on Twitter was like, you know, his chaos was actually really good for that game, and I agree with that completely. Uh, he he looked really good. He played well. And Connor McCaffrey, who I already talked a little bit about, did have uh, three points, four rebounds, and assists, and uh, and has a trophy and a championship and an epic hug with his dad to, to go along with it. What an awesome game. What an awesome tournament. And for Iowa to find ways to win in different ways to, again, be out-rebounded the way they were and find a way to, to come through, to not shoot great today, 25, 28% from three-point. Uh, one of seven was the start. Eight of 28 was the final. Um, Iowa didn't play great offensively today, but they still found a way to score 75 points and uh, and get the win. Free throw, 15 to 23. I mean, they missed eight free throws. Now Purdue missed six, and and that helps. But Iowa did not shoot great from the free throw line, and they were able to to find a way to win the game. Thirteen steals—that's a big part of it. Total turnovers. Iowa had eleven fewer turnovers than Purdue. That's how you get out rebounded by eighteen and still win. You st- steal the ball thirteen times and only give up six turnovers. And some of those turnovers that Iowa gave up were, uh, you know, kind of really fluky bad plays that Iowa typically doesn't have you know throwing the ball out of bounds and you know really they they were probably only forced into four turnovers of the six total just an incredible game an incredible tournament an incredible team and you know John Miller has a really good column that he wrote about kind of falling in love with this team and uh, how you can't really put your finger on what's different about this team or what happened at the start of February to to change this team and change this season. But they've won 12 of 14 games, all against Big Ten competition. A lot of them uh, really good wins. Uh, a lot of them double-digit wins. And there's a reason that Iowa is uh, is a darling right now to make a run in the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So again, before we uh, look too far ahead in the NCAA tournament, I did just want to look back at at the Fran McCaffrey era because uh, it's being rewritten to some extent right now. Um, at least his, you know, what his success level at Iowa, 
it's funny how everything is weighed on March. And obviously, if Iowa you know goes out and loses in the first round to Richmond, uh, this is all going to feel different and it's all going to kind of fall apart. And there will still be this stigma around Fran McCaffrey and his postseason coaching. But uh, what he has done in this season to get this team to where they are, to lose everything that they've lost, uh, to make the midseason lineup change that seems to have just changed everything, to keep everybody engaged, uh, to keep this team, you know, you could see a situation where you've got two of his sons on the team and there's some resentment for that. You could see a situation where he brought back a sixth-year senior and basically, you know, inserted him in the starting lineup in favor of. of Ed was going to be the starting point guard. You could see how like cracks could could happen um, in the the kind of makeup of this team, and that hasn't happened at all. In fact, they've gotten closer. They've gotten stronger. Uh, you can tell this team like loves each other, and the the way that they um, have come together is is remarkable. The the way that they have found their roles and then play those roles perfectly. Um, they they're not selfish at all. And that's Fran McCaffrey. I mean, it has to be. You have to, if you're going to give the head coach uh, the blame for things, you have to give him the credit for things. And you have to give Fran McCaffrey a heck of a lot of credit uh, for uh, what this team has done, for the development of Keegan Murray, for re not rebuilding, reloading after a team that was you know played itself to a two seed last season and had a disappointing finish and lost a lot of those pieces uh, to reload and just come right back and have this kind of a season. It's It's remarkable. Again, Seven of the last nine years, Iowa has been in the NCAA tournament, the exception uh, 2020, where there wasn't an NCAA tournament, but Iowa certainly would have been there. Here's how Iowa has finished under Fran McCaffrey. In his first season, they were 10th in the Big Ten, 11 and 20, didn't make the postseason. That was coming off of of a, a dark, dark time in Iowa basketball. His second season, they got to the NIT after an 18 and 17 record and a seventh place finish in the Big Ten. Then follows that up with two sixth place finishes in the Big Ten, an NIT runner up, and then that first four game against uh, Tennessee uh, in 2014 in the NCAA tournament, his first NCAA tournament appearance at Iowa. And then he made two more after that, right? 2015, they were third place in the Big Ten. Same with 2016. Uh, they both got to the second round of those tournaments, winning first round games uh, pretty handily. Well, the, the one that the Temple game was not handily, but that was a lot of fun. The Davidson game was very handily. I took a step back in 2017, got to the NIT. I took a real step back in 2018. That was a rough season, as we all know. Tied for 11th in the Big Ten, but again, tied for fifth the year before that in the Big Ten. So these are top half of Big Ten finishes, uh, you know, most of the time. And historically, Iowa isn't a real top half of the Big Ten program. I mean, they, they, they've been up and down, but uh, if you're going to say Iowa is regularly finishing third to fifth place in the Big Ten – average in the program's history uh, tied for fifth place in the big 10 in 2020 uh, would have really liked to see what that team could have done in the big 10 tournament and in the NCAA tournament but of course those were both canceled due to COVID and then third place finish last season uh, got to the second round in that upset loss to a, an Oregon team that just matched up really well with Iowa and again that, that's the thing about this tournament is uh, is all matchups but for Fran McCaffrey to have put together this kind of a resume this kind of a, a tradition um, the, the level of recruiting He's gone to the, the the talent evaluation he has. It's just it's it's an incredible run, and I do think like especially if Iowa can make some noise here in the in the NCAA tournament and get to a Sweet 16 or beyond. But let's just say they get to a Sweet 16. Um, 
you kind of rewrite a lot of the Fran McCaffrey stuff, you know, and I, I said yesterday on this podcast last night that if you're if you claim to be an Iowa fan and you still somehow don't like Jordan Bohannon, like that's a you problem and you need to figure out what's wrong with you when it comes to that. It's it's getting that way with Fran McCaffrey too because I understand that um, he has a lot of detractors within our own fan base that people don't think that the success has been to where it should be, uh, that the turnarounds have been to where they should be. They don't like his on court demeanor. Uh, I don't know that you can say much about his off court demeanor because he seems like a really good dude, uh, but on court I, I get why. People haven't liked uh, him all of the time, but it's it's to the point now where uh, you have to respect what he's done. This is a four straight twenty win season. They now have twenty six wins, and they haven't even played in the NCAA tournament yet. That's the second most all time in, in Iowa history. Uh, to to be the coach of several of the best players to ever come through the program, and and have developed Luca Garza from what he was as a freshman, which was a good player, uh, to the national player of the year, probably should have been the, the two-time national player of the year, uh, and and you know took his team to a two seed to find Jordan Bohannon, a, a guy that other people didn't want, is now a two thousand point scorer, is closing in on the all-time NCAA record of, of three pointers, already has that for the Big Ten, uh, holds a bunch of Iowa records, not just for games played or for age of you know his final game, but uh, you know assists and and things like that. Um, the third player in Iowa history to score two thousand points. I mean, to, to to grab the Murray brothers when nobody wanted them. When we as fans didn't even want them and didn't understand what he saw in them, uh, nobody saw what he saw in them. What did he see? Well, he saw a lottery pick after two years in Keegan Murray and probably the best player in the, the Big Ten, maybe the best player in the country. And his brother Chris, who uh, has had such an impact on this team, and really it feels like, you know, barring him going on some sort of run here and getting his name into, into the NBA draft circles and, and him leaving also, uh, you know, short of that, it feels like this is going to be his team next year. He and Tony Perkins and Joe Toussaint. And Philip Robracha and the, the McCaffrey brothers, hopefully, but certainly Patrick McCaffrey. Uh, I'm excited for next season already, and, and we haven't even gotten past this season. Um, and there's a lot to be excited about when it comes to what's left in this season. So Iowa is the five seed in the Midwest region. They will play Richmond, uh, the the 12 seed Richmond. They will play Thursday, 2:10 p.m. Central on true TV. So check your TV guys, check your streaming services, make sure you can get uh, true TV and make sure you can find a way to get off work uh, at two o'clock on Thursday. I unfortunately will be working uh, through some of that game. And so that'd be pretty interesting. Uh, Anytime I've tried to do, I can do two things at once unless one of those things is an Iowa sporting event. Because that really kind of takes up my entire uh, attention span. So that'll be interesting. But you know, Iowa plays a Richmond team. The Spiders that uh, also won their conference tournament today. I didn't see much of the game before the Hawkeye game uh, tipped off on CBS, but that was the game just before it. It was uh, Davidson losing to Richmond in the uh, the the final, the championship rather of the A10, and that that was a a bid stealing win. And so Davidson got in with a an at large bid, but Richmond wasn't getting in. Now they're they're twenty three and twelve, ten and eight in the Atlantic Ten. Um, and is a, a good team, I'm sure. But, you know, it obviously had to be, right? They won four games in four days, too, so they're playing hot. But they had lost two coming into the tournament. Um, they, they're kind of an up-and-down team based on uh, what I'm looking at here, just on their their record. And, again, we will have more time and 
smarter people than me will uh, be able to break these matchups down and talk in depth about like the X's and O's of this matchup. But just kind of looking at it, uh, you know, the the five twelve game is a little scary. I think for everybody, for every five seed, uh, and you know, every twelve seed is probably salivating to some extent because that upset seems to happen so often. But the way this Iowa team is playing, like I said last night, I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm not afraid of anybody in this bracket. I'm not afraid of anybody in the country. I'm certainly not afraid of the Richmond Spiders. If Iowa plays the game that they can play, and I don't see why you you wouldn't expect that at this point. You know, if, if Iowa had played four games in four days and, and played really well, but that, that was it. You know, if they had come into the tournament needing to, to win, needing to win a few games to, to play themselves in, you know, like in Indiana, who seems to have found something but uh, hadn't put it together completely yet, I, I may be a little more worried. If Iowa had played, you know, five or six good games in a row, I may be a little more worried. Iowa's played 14 good games in a row. Didn't play great against Michigan in the second half in that loss, and obviously gave the game away at Illinois last Sunday uh, with, at the free throw line and with some just kind of, you know, perplexing shots but they played well in both those games well enough to win certainly in that Illinois game and they've they've just been playing great since the start of February and so I'm not worried about Richmond uh again will I sound dumb if Richmond pulls the upset sure of course but I just I don't see that happening unless Iowa has just an abysmal shooting night there's an injury to Keegan Murray I mean something awful like that happening uh, I just don't see that happening then you go to Providence, and Providence is the fourth seed, and, and obviously a really good team. They won the Big East in, in the regular season. Uh, they did lose to Creighton Friday in the Big East tournament after beating Butler in the first round or whatever round, their first game in the, in the Big East tournament. Um, and that, that's a team that's 25-5. and five. Um, But I, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a lot of uh, Providence, but a lot of people are saying is one of the more overrated teams in the country. They did have a COVID pause, had a long win streak here at one point in the season, but did lose to Villanova a couple of times, had a triple overtime win over Xavier a couple of weeks ago, an overtime win at Butler, and again beat Butler Thursday in the uh, the Big East tournament. I just I don't know a lot about Providence. You do wonder, are they going to get there? Because they play South Dakota State, who has uh, you know, won the Summit League 30-4. and It's South Dakota State and these guys can shoot these guys can shoot and they have won let's see they were nine and four when they lost at Missouri State on December 15th and they're now 30 and four so this is a team that's won 21 straight games in South Dakota State do you think they're afraid of the four seed in Providence I don't uh South Dakota State's a good program and so you know who would you rather see You'd probably rather see South Dakota State. You'd rather see the 13 seed than the four seed. But I'm again, I'm just not worried about either of these teams. And and I will sound dumb ultimately uh, if if Iowa is upset by Richmond or or loses a 5-4 game to Providence, where I think I would probably be favored in that game, uh, even though it's a 5-4 you know seed. Um, I think Vegas would probably have Iowa favored in that game. I think I was getting to a sweet 16 and I think they can probably get beyond that. Um, and I'm not the only one who thinks that. And I, you know, I, I, I don't know how to feel about this. I try not to let things like this make me nervous because I know that ultimately they don't impact anything. Um, and I do think this team is veteran enough, is smart enough, uh, to not let the hype get to their heads. They would have already, that would have already happened. Right. I mean like that, that you would think that would have already happened. And it's not like they bumped up to a three seed or something like that. So there's no like true hype. But 
Reese Davis, Clark Kellogg, Seth Greenberg, Dick Vitale, Andy Katz are just some of the big names in college basketball who have Iowa in their final four, who have Iowa getting past Richmond, getting past Providence, getting past Kansas in the Sweet 16, and then beating Auburn or whoever comes out of the bottom half of that bracket. Unlikely that it'll be Iowa State. I think unlikely it'll be Wisconsin. I certainly won't pick Wisconsin. I pick them to lose in the first round every year out of principle. But is that Auburn? Is that USC? Is that a coachless LSU team? Probably not. Um, But this sets up pretty well for Iowa. I think they can play with Kansas. I think they can beat anybody. Can they beat Arizona in the Final Four? Eh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see there. Can they beat Gonzaga uh, in the the national championship? Eh, I don't know that I'll pick that in my bracket. But can Iowa get to a Sweet Sixteen? Absolutely. Can they get beyond that? It's possible, man. It's possible, and it's it's wild to think about. I know, like we as Iowa fans, or at least I should say, I as an Iowa fan, hesitate to like get that far to to go all in. Uh, I I did that during football season. I went all in after that win over Penn State, and then the number two ranking. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let this pessimism get to me. I'm I'm going to go all in. I'm going to believe that I was going to do this, that I was going to win the Big Ten and play for a national championship, and it all fell apart very quickly. And that could happen here, too. Of course it could. This is March. There's a reason they call it March Madness. There's a reason it's the, the greatest sporting event that we have here in this country uh, because of the madness, because of the potential for upsets, because of the one-game uh, nature of all of this. So it could all fall apart, of course. But I'm not going to allow myself to think like that. I'm, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to let let my heart get broken again like it did in football season and, uh, and believe, again, these... I just named five of the biggest names in college basketball analysis, and they all have Iowa in the Final Four. So it's not ridiculous to start thinking like that. I wouldn't bet on it, maybe. I I probably need to see the odds before I say that. But I I do think Iowa has a chance to do something that hasn't been done in this program uh, in over two decades that Fran McCaffrey has never done. And when that happens, if that happens, uh, the amount of kind of relief – the, the 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 size of the monkey that comes off this program's back, that comes off Fran McCaffrey's back, the legacy building that it does for Jordan Bohannon and Keegan Murray and Connor McCaffrey and all these guys who probably aren't going to be back next year, uh, but have really left their mark on this program in the short or long time that they've been a part of it. So I, did, I love this team. It's so much fun. Uh, enjoy this, guys, girls. Enjoy this. It's so, so, so much fun. The women's tournament is also set, and Iowa is a two-seed. They will play 15-seed Illinois State on Friday. I don't see a time for that just yet, but uh, it may be out. And uh, then it, it, it sets up for a potential Sweet 16 game against three-seed Iowa State. Now, Iowa, again, has to beat Illinois State and then beat the winner of Colorado and Creighton. Uh, But if Iowa is playing the way that they played last weekend in Indianapolis, uh, I think you feel good about that. You feel good if you're an Iowa State fan about the Cyclones getting through UT Arlington and uh, Georgia or the winner of a playing game between Dayton and DePaul. Because Iowa State's a really, really good basketball team. That that women's team is really good. There's a reason they beat Iowa. They were the better team. They've been the better team for the majority of the season. Now, Iowa was able to do something in Indianapolis and win a Big Ten championship that Iowa State was 
down in Kansas City this weekend. Uh, but this Iowa women's team, uh, this Iowa State women's team, rather, is a really, really good team. Uh, and if if we get Ashley Jones against Caitlin Clark and two Iowa girls who become you know the, the some of the best women's players in the country for our schools. I mean, to have a two and a three seed coming out of the state is is awesome. You and I fell just short of the tournament. Uh, the women did in a, a loss in the, the MVC championship game today. But um, So Iowa, Iowa State would play in the Sweet 16 for the chance to go and play number one South Carolina. And uh, if you want Caitlin Clark versus Aaliyah Boston, you're going to have to get past Ashley Jones, Bill Fennelly, and the Iowa State Cyclones. It's going to be a heck of a tournament. Uh, fill out a women's bracket this year. Like that, That's my advice. I did it last year. I didn't know a whole lot about it. I'm not asking you to do a bunch of research, but I promise you, just like everything with this bracket, it's why it's why the bracket games are so much fun. It's why the NCAA tournament uh, gets engagement from everybody. It's why you can walk into your office uh, tomorrow and have people who don't care at all about college basketball, who don't pay attention uh, to sports on a daily basis, who get involved in this tournament because of these brackets. Well, it's it's an easy way to get involved in these tournaments. You don't have to watch every game, uh, but you will get more invested just by filling out a bracket. Even if you don't have a bracket challenge, uh, even if you just go and, and you know do a, a private bracket for yourself, I, I would recommend you do this because it gets you more into the women's game and it just teaches teaches you a little bit and and you you just get more uh, comfortable with it and, and you have that rooting interest you have that uh, kind of skin in the game even if it's nothing real because you filled out a bracket and you have a women's team in Iowa in a program in Iowa with what Lisa Bluter has done you have the best player in the country in Caitlin Clark uh, this is a program that you're going to want to follow if not just for the next couple of years hopefully beyond that and uh, this is a sport that's that's blossoming that's that's blooming the talent level is getting much, much better. Uh, the, the the gap in between the haves and the have-nots is closing quite a bit. And so that's my recommendation for you. I'm not going to preach at you. I'm not going to do anything like that. If you're a Hawkeye fan, it's time to get involved with women's basketball. And an easy way to do that this week is just fill out a bracket. Even if you don't know, just do a chalk bracket. And then just follow along with it. You don't have to watch all the games. Just follow along with it. That's That's my recommendation. Do it that way you will. Do this for me, though. Celebrate the hell out of this, Hawkeye fans. How much fun has this been? How rare are things like this? Enjoy them while we can. Enjoy Keegan Murray. Enjoy Jordan Bohannon. Enjoy Connor McCaffrey and this team. This is so much fun. Your Iowa Hawkeyes are Big Ten champions. They did that in men's basketball this year. When the expe- Think about what your expectations were. And think about where we sit right now on March 13th. It's amazing. It's incredible. Enjoy it. Soak it up. Live it up. Who knows how long it lasts. Hopefully it lasts a long time. We're going to have this entire thing covered. Men's, women's, wrestling, all of it on HawkeyeNation.com. Check it out. All the great stuff. Thank you so much for listening. And go Big Ten Champion Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes.